0: Okay, here we are again. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Danielle Day. I am the owner and the founder and the lead trainer for Open Up Yoga Teacher Training. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to pack, what to bring, and in general, how to prepare for your yoga teacher training journey. So get comfortable. This will be about a 30-minute podcast, and I really, again, I appreciate your time, every single thing we do in our yoga teacher training program optimizes your time. It's not a bunch of busy work. It's not a bunch of nice to know. It's all need to know to get you ready for the show. So let's begin. Imagine that you're starting your teacher training journey, say in two weeks, and you're thinking, all right, what should I do to get ready? Well, I'm glad that you are thinking this way because a couple of key things you could be doing right now will ensure that you'll have a lot of fun in your program. Number one. Think about how often you practice yoga outside of your home. If you have a home studio, this is a time to consider expanding your membership package to be unlimited so that you could feel good about dropping in to take more classes. If you're on a class card, that can be a little bit expensive. So take a look at the studio where you practice and notice if they have any sort of two-month or three-month unlimited package so that you wouldn't have to worry that you could practice as often as you wanted. During your yoga teacher training program, you'll be taking 20 classes in our 200-hour journey together. So be aware of that. This is going to work out to be about two or three classes per week if you're on the eight-week track. And if you're on the independent study program, as you know, you have a little more time. But the idea is that you look at your life and think, okay, what are the optimal days And what is the optimal time of day for my practice? Consider while you're on the path towards becoming the very best yoga teacher that you can be, that you may not be choosing classes in terms of the format and in terms of your preference for instructor Just think about while you're in this season of your life, teacher training, that you're instead considering what is the very best day and time for your practice. So choose the days, two or three a week, choose the times, morning, afternoon, or evening, that you know you can take full advantage of the opportunity to practice. All right. Number two. Consider that you're not going to take classes so much to capitalize upon feeling great and being 100%, you know, feeling ready to go. But understand that while you're on the path, you'll be taking classes whether or not you want to go. Does that make sense? You'll be taking class because class is taking place. Okay, so the idea is that you're going to be cultivating your personal practice, not just for teacher training, but for your lifetime. And so while you're on the path, we're going to be looking at lots of different aspects of your practice and your preferences and the ideas that make you feel really happy to take a certain class or maybe there are certain classes that you avoid maybe there are certain formats that you avoid we're going to learn so much about you and your journey that the way to really go deep is to go often all right this is also obviously going to help prepare your body for the rigors and the demands of yoga teacher training as you know in our 200 hour program 100 hours consist of techniques, training, and practice. So this is a great time to be more consistent in attending class. All right, so number two, or I guess we're up to three. (laughs) The next thing you could do to get ready for your journey is to obtain your books. Yes, these are not included in your tuition. They are available on Amazon, and the whole bundle will cost you, I believe, less than or pretty darn close to $50, It's my understanding. Uh, It's been a while since I purchased them myself. But I do know for a fact that the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali – is available for you uh, in many different translations. You'll notice the Swami uh, wearing the pink s- Sorry, on the cover is the one that we've been using, but I love it when people in teacher training have different translations of the sutras. So obtain whatever copy you find first. Ray Long, the author of our anatomy books, has two paperback books for you to purchase, and they are called The Key Muscles and The Key Poses of Hatha Yoga. So you have a volume one and a volume two there. Don't spring for anything more than the $25 copy. Does that make sense? I I heard at one point there was some sort of $300 CD-ROM DVD deluxe hardcover edition. and That's not what we're looking for. There's just a couple of paperbacks that have some glorious pictures and really in-depth explanations of both gross and subtle anatomy. So I absolutely love these books. I think you'll really enjoy them too. They give you a real... um, just in-depth approach in a very beautiful artistic way to learn about the body and how it works. Please also obtain a copy of Bernie Clark's Yin Yoga. It's a green. Uh, it's like $10. It is the definitive work on yin yoga, which you'll be learning as well, too. So when you get your books... Please peruse pages 1 through 44 of book 1 and pages 1 through 23 of book 2 for the anatomy. And please familiarize yourself with the Yoga Sutras from 1.1 up to 1.33. So, chapter 1, verses 1 to 33 will be the best ones to have covered before you come to training. And honestly, if you didn't even crack open your books before day one, that's okay, too. But when you get them, this is a wonderful time to familiarize yourself with them. You'll be receiving a hardcover, um, hardcover, not yet. (laughs) We're waiting to get that published. You'll receive a hard copy of your yoga teacher training manual Um, In your welcome packet, I kick out a prep copy. Essentially, it was the first version of our yoga teacher training manual, and it's one that we don't use anymore because I've expanded and updated it. But the one that you receive in the email in your welcome packet, is pretty awesome because it will enable you to look through the Hatha and the Power and the Yin Yoga traditions and get familiar with the postures and a little bit about the alignment of the poses and... Please familiarize yourself with the sequencing for Hatha and for Power because you will be learning two signature series classes in your training. Here's an idea, too. Please put the app on your phone called Yoga 108, there's this really handy app that has a Sanskrit pronunciation guide, as well as the sequences for the Bikram and the Ashtanga and the Shivananda traditions. Now, we're not here to train you those three traditions, but what we use the Yoga 108 app for primarily is to see how these are the traditions that gave rise to the Open Up Yoga Teacher Training Program. These are the traditions, the sequences that have given rise to the structure and the intent behind what we do um, you'll also enjoy the Sanskrit pronunciation guide the 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 handy um, help will be fun for you to be practicing your pronunciation I have my phone in my hand right now and I'm gonna load up a posture here and you can hear this this cool voice of the practitioner he's got this great voice here we go. Bhuja Pidasana. Bhuja Pidasana. He's doing arm pressure pose from the Ashtanga tradition. That's kind of fun. Uh, you can also get support in some of our more wordy <laughs> posture names from the Bikram tradition. Everybody learns how to say. There you go. Dandayamana bibhaktapada paschimotanasana. Yeah, and so uh, it's kind of fun. If you have kids at home, they absolutely love to practice speaking in Sanskrit with you. And so it's a fun way to involve them in your journey as well. Okay, so once you get your books, once you crack open your books, once you make use for your Yoga 108 uh, Sanskrit pronunciation time and set those habits in motion... And you get to class a couple, three times a week. It'll be also a time for you to evaluate your nutrition. Now, I'm not saying it's time to drastically change how you live your life in terms of what you eat, what you drink, and such. But it's a good time to look at what are the foods that make you feel good when you go to take a class right after. Does that make sense? You know, we we always say to not eat for a couple hours before practicing hot yoga. But in in yoga teacher training, we're at it all day long, so it's pretty hard to maneuver around such a strict... schedule. So what I encourage you to do is have small snacks that you could take in that wouldn't upset your stomach. So this is the time for you to experiment with things like, well, what works for you right before you practice? Um, First of all, let me just say this too. I've never regretted not eating before a hot yoga class. But in in a pinch, I love ready-to-drink, Protein shakes, you know, just a little couple of sips, uh, hard boiled eggs, you know, the, the egg whites, especially, or a small handful of almonds, or, you know, like a third of a bar, you know, like the kind bars or something like that. Um, you know, so, something that is easily digestible and ready to grab in a pinch. So at lunch during teacher training, you always have an hour for lunch, but this is the time to not have. Super heavy meals because when you come back from lunch, we'll be doing hands-on activities, and sometimes those activities include inversions. <laughs> so think about the foods that make you feel good. Things like avocados, right? Things like smoothies, right? Uh, things like salads. Maybe it depends on your constitution. Some people do better with soup, you know, and and vegetables that have been cooked a little bit, you know, or just a half a sandwich. I mean, keep it simple. Keep it simple and keep it enjoyable. But really consider that these aren't the hour-long lunch breaks where you and the team go off and grab Thai food. I'm saying that because sometimes this is what happens and you guys come back pretty sleepy. (laughs) But anyway... Something to think about what you're going to want to pack. Here's the thing to remember. Yeah, you will want to pack your food. And so obtain a cooler or an insulated lunch bag if you could. That way, you wouldn't have to worry about if you have access to a fridge. In most of the studios where we do yoga teacher training, um, there's not a fridge. And... Frankly, this just prepares you for when you are a teacher and you're living your life on the go. You know, a yoga teacher needs to get between studios or between classes pretty quickly. And typically, we don't have time to go to a restaurant or to a grocery store, so ask your favorite teachers how they manage their nutrition throughout the day, and they'll probably tell you, yeah, I have a stash of almonds in the car, or I love to bring that, that cute little pack of olives that Trader Joe's carries, you know, right by their cash register, how they have those yummy olives right there. Or maybe they'll tell you, yeah, my favorite Quest bar flavor is this, and that's what I keep handy in my gym bag or um, you know what their favorite protein shakes are that are ready to drink. So you'll learn that that's something that you get pretty comfortable with as a teacher through the process of teacher training because there's gonna be a lot of times where we're pushing on a big long day and you'll probably wanna have a pretty light meal but something that's gonna keep you feeling good. All right, so obviously the next thing to talk about is hydration. You know, it's great to practice proper hydration in advance of yoga teacher training. And here's a couple of general guidelines. You are encouraged to take your body weight in pounds, all right, and then convert that number into ounces and then divide that number by half. Does that make sense? This number you then come up with is basically the number of ounces of water that your body needs to stay properly hydrated for just general life, just for functioning. You would then add eight ounces for every dehydrating beverage you consume or every dehydrating activity you do, like, you know, a yoga class. So whatever your body weight is, say that's the amount of ounces that you're going to start with for the math, then you would divide that number by two. You would say, all right, this is the minimum amount of water my kidneys need to stay happy. Then you would add eight ounces to that number for every dehydrating beverage you consume or dehydrating activity you engage in. So a bout of exercise, of an hour or more, or things like, you know, caffeine or alcohol, and you would just crunch the numbers accordingly and then look at your favorite water bottle and ask yourself, can I get that water in today and try it? See how you do. I really recommend containers that have straws. You know, you get so much more in when you drink through a straw than when you have to unscrew a bottle and drink from that. I mean, it's a totally personal choice. I get it. But um, I learned a long time ago that I was having more fun. Excuse me while I sip water here. That I was always having more fun if I knew that I could be even in a supine position on my back and sneak a couple sips of water because my super tall, venti-sized Starbucks cup Double insulated so it's not slippery or has any condensation. I could just lean and just tilt my straw. I wouldn't have to sit up, unscrew the cap, drink the water, screw the cap on, and put it back down. So I know it's a personal decision about drinking out of plastic or not. So I'm always happy that these Starbucks um, containers also come in glass. But anyway, figure out what's going to work for you and drink the water. You know, your body needs water way more than it needs food and teacher training. All right, now the most important thing we can talk about for nutrition and hydration are electrolytes. Please save your money. Don't feel like you have to buy supplements. You know, the Noon product is lovely. We all you know really dig the flavors that, you know, it's fabulous. But dude, that's a lot of plastic. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm trying hard every day to think about, well, what are my trade-offs? If I'm going to use a Starbucks plastic tumbler that I'll keep washing and keep using for years, that's one thing. But if I buy electrolytes in these plastic containers that I'm just going to toss, that's that's not making me feel good about myself as a yogi. You know, we we try hard to not use plastic water bottles unless it's for, you know, um, emergencies, you know, like you keep in your car in in the event of of a problem happening or the earthquake kits. You know, we have our our plastic water bottles. But um, the yogi, you know, works really hard to take good care of the earth. And that's you. So um, my point about electrolytes is we want the sodium, we want the potassium, we want the iodine, we want the chloride, we want the magnesium. And so these are the essential items to ingest so that we don't rinse all the sodium and potassium out of our bodies and cause a chronic uh, dangerous condition called hyponatremia. Maybe you have heard about people drinking too much water and dying because they rinsed all the sodium and potassium out of their bodies. You know, every couple of years we'll lose somebody on a marathon course because they were kind of maybe a slower runner and they stayed at the back of the pack and when they went through the aid stations, they only took in water and not any of the goo or the Gatorade. You know, Gatorade itself is just flat soda water and it is a lot of sugar, but dude, if you were going to be having a medical problem, it's, it's Gatorade or dying, then yeah, you're going to grab the Gatorade. Here's your solution as a hot yoga participant and yoga teacher in training. The pink Himalayan sea salt is the most bioavailable form of all of the electrolytes. And it only takes one little crystal in a big container of water to give you all of the electrolytes that you need. So you have to understand that your heartbeat, all of the nerve conduction, every cellular process in your body is because of sodium and potassium. The sodium-potassium pump is the reason you're alive. And so when you drink water without sodium in it, and a lot of you uh, friends who are going to do yoga teacher training, you eat really clean. You don't take in any processed food. You don't take in any junk food. I'm mostly worried about you guys because if you chug a bunch of water and you are having less than, you know, a thousand milligrams of sodium a day you might get into some rough territory. Um, A lot of cramping can happen when this is the case. And then, yeah, medical problems can happen too. And um, you can avoid this by making sure that you are taking in electrolytes with all of the water that you'll be consuming. And all it takes is one little grain of the pink Himalayan sea salt. I love the Himala brand, H-I-M-A-L-A, because it's pure. It's taken out of the earth. In the region we would consider today to be modern-day Pakistan, which is where your yoga comes from. So my heart kind of swoons when I use this product. Like, oh, this is the same minerals as the the terroir (laughs) where yoga (laughs) is derived. So I feel so connected to our tradition. Uh, But then, of course, you know Costco always has the big container for less money. Um, So that will. I always keep it on our tea cart in yoga teacher training. You'll see I always bring a tea kettle and a variety of teas, and I always keep. Keep the electrolytes right there too. So you don't have to worry about packing it. I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. But as you're preparing for your journey, you know, ask yourself about how you will replace electrolytes. Okay. Uh, let's see. You'll also want to look at your sleep schedule. You know, um, It's important to understand your own constitution and what your optimal amount of sleep is. You know, everybody's different, but uh, the average of seven hours has been correlated with the optimum health outcomes. So ask yourself if there's any activity that you could scale back on in an effort to optimize your rest. You know, um... Netflix, obviously, and goofing around on the internet at night, obviously, or just you know the general um, reluctance to go to bed on time that we sometimes have, just because of how busy we are in life, and you know we always want to kind of maybe stay up and and have some me time before uh, we prioritize sleep. Consider sleep to be the ultimate me time. Consider sleep to be a supplement in itself. Consider sleep to be what. Any elite athlete prioritizes, and as an elite athlete, which is what you'll be training like in yoga teacher training, sleep is going to be an important uh, part of your self-care. So we talked about taking a look at how many times a week you're practicing. You know, optimally, three or four times a week is what all yoga teachers recommend to their students to get the most out of their practice. You know, getting up in the morning to take early class uh, scooting away during the day to take a noon class, taking advantage of evening classes and weekend classes. Again, carve out your optimal schedule and stick to it. Um, that'll be that'll be just super. But anyway, like we said, your books, your nutrition, your hydration, your electrolytes. Your sleep. The only other thing that I would encourage you to do to prepare for yoga teacher training is to make a space in your home for your meditation practice. If meditation is not already a feature of your self care and and of your path, this will be the time to establish a personal practice. So I encourage you to look around your home as to where you could put a bolster or a cushion or a pillow or even just a a couple of fluffy blankets, you know, um, folded and stacked up. Where's a corner, a spot you could carve out just for yourself, you know? And then what could you put as a focal point in this area? It could be a vase of flowers. It could be a picture of your family. It could be a candle. It could be, you know, um, an OM symbol, you know, some sort of fun little icon. Um, My favorite is my Ganesha elephant, and he sits in the corner underneath a poster of my... Gayatri Mantra that a friend brought me from India. And when I sit down on my cushion next to my Ganesha, looking at the Gayatri Mantra poster, it just immediately puts me into a bit of a flow state. But it's taken me a long time to get there. And like any athletic endeavor, you can consider meditation to be just like training for any marathon. And the exercise prescription for you know, universally for fitness and wellness in general is frequency before intensity before duration. So I would prefer you to sit down and work up to five minutes every day than 20 minutes one time a month. Does that make sense? To establish a meditation practice, frequency is the key. So take a look at your calendar. If you don't have a wall calendar at home, it's a great time to grab one and put it in a prominent place in your home office or just wherever you're going to be doing your studying and you know, flip to today's page and and get a nice colored marker or some star stickers or whatever would make you happy to give yourself a little gold star every time you know, each day that you sit down and you put yourself into a meditative state for five minutes. And when I say meditative state, I'm just saying, sit down, sit tall, sit quietly, and listen to the sound of your breathing. You can use the timer on your Apple watch or the timer on your phone. And you're going to be able to understand that the time is ticking. So you don't have to look at the clock and that it is the time to close your eyes. It's the time to look inside your lungs. It's a time to notice where your breath originates. It's a time to notice the space between breaths. It's a time to count on the inhale. It's a time to count backwards on the exhale. We can add mantra. As you say, I am breathing in, you would inhale. And in your head, in your mind, you would say, I am breathing out. And you would exhale. And this practice of watching your breath, of noticing the pace, of noticing the sound, of noticing where your breath originates, and noticing the space between breaths, this is how you practice meditation. So in a future podcast, I'm going to lead you through some guided meditation, but in this little quick little half an hour prep information, I just wanted to say welcome to your teacher training journey. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work, but you're cut out for this. You know, you said yes to the journey. This is for you. What you are attracting to yourself and to your life is a path forward where you're going to really understand how strong you are. How kind you are and how great you are, how much you are loved and how you have something special to offer the wider world. I'm so looking forward to meeting you and learning your goals and in this last little bit of advice. Get a journal and keep a journal all throughout today and moving forward. You will be discovering insights, not just about your physical practice, but about your journey into meditation and pranayama as you explore the different Parts of anatomy and philosophy through this journey, there are going to be things that resonate with you. And these are going to be important things from which you're going to derive the style of teaching. You're going to derive your offerings as a teacher. You know, no two teachers are alike because no two people are alike. And by journaling through some of the discoveries you make, it will really help you to embody the journey. So have a lot of fun taking classes in consistent studio times and consistent days of the week and consistently noticing what works for your nutrition and hydration. Crack open your books, get familiar with the different sequences, and above all, get excited because it's a wonderful journey ahead. And I just can't wait to meet you and work with you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Namaste.